Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we have a very special episode. So as I say that, I realize I think I say that about almost every episode because they are special to me. But today we have a community birth story, and those are truly special. I love hearing the stories from our community to hear about their births. But what makes today's extra, extra special is Lauren Seedman, who's our guest. She's been with Prenatal Yoga Center for four births. Yes, she has four kids. And she told the story. She came on to do an episode several years ago where she talked about her second birth and how she made some choices to go in a different direction for baby two. Now, baby four, she went in a totally different direction than she did for baby one, two, and three. And she comes on to talk about that. So let me tell you a little bit about where this conversation goes. So cats out of the bag, Lauren decided after having three hospital births that she wanted to have home birth. And in our conversation, not only does Lauren tell the beautiful birth story that she experienced, she talks about what it was like when she told her friends and family, hey folks, I am having a home birth. And some of the pushback that she got and some of the misconceptions about home birth. And so we go into that as well. So also talking about Lauren's birth, when you listen to it, I just letting you know, I had a smile across my face the whole time. She paints the most beautiful picture of giving birth. All I could think about was the headlamp her midwife had on as she was in the dark bathroom birthing her child. It was really fantastic. So if you are curious about home birth or you just want to hear a really positive, empowering birth story, you're going to enjoy hearing what Lauren has to say. Now, before we get to her story, let me just tell you a little bit about Lauren. So Lauren is Lama's certified childbirth educator and trained full spectrum doula through Doula Trainings International. She found her passion for birth work through her own pregnancy and birth experiences. Lauren lives with her husband and four children in New York. In New York, So you're going to hear some great things from Lauren. Now, before we get to that, I just want to give you some updates of what's happening at Prenatal Yoga Center. So we're continuously adding to our on-demand library. I've been hearing such amazing feedback from people about having the opportunity to take the quality of classes you'd expect from Prenatal Yoga Center on their own timing. And we've recently added a childbirth education on demand, as well as a caring for newborn on demand. So pretty much every workshop that we offer in studio, in person is available on demand. So, and I, cause I know that we have people from all over the world coming into our classes and I want to be able to offer the same services that we do to those that are local, to those that are not. So you can check all that out on our website, prenatalyogacenter.com. We're continuing our seven days a week commitment to classes that you can watch 
anywhere, our online classes. And at this point, as I'm recording this, we have in-studio classes six days a week. I believe that's nine prenatal live prenatal yoga classes you can take with us in New York City right now. And I'm sure that's going to continue to grow as things, as we continue to get some traction moving forward. Anything else I want to say? Oh yes, our teacher training. So we have this very in-depth, I want to underline in bold, very in-depth training. So if working with the perinatal community is something that you're excited about, check out our online and in-person training. So what we're planning on doing, two in-person trainings a year in New York City, two online. And then once a year, we have an online postnatal teacher training. And this year it is, I believe, at the end or mid-May. So you can check that out. I think that's it. All right. So thank you for being part of the community. Thank you for listening. Enjoy my chat with Lauren. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Hi, Deb. I'm good. Thanks so much. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk to you about your birth because, gosh, it was several years ago. You told your a couple. How many kids are you on? You're on your fourth, right? Four. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> was it baby two that you shared about your birth story? So, right. I came on here after my second child, my older daughter, was born, and I I think we spoke about my first and my second birth. We did. And so yeah. now we're going to talk about baby four. Four. <laughs> Poor baby three. She doesn't get her time in the oh, we, we can talk about her a little bit too. <laughs> um, but I'm so excited to talk about this birth experience and how it was very different than your other three. But before we get into that, um, so I've gotten to know you over four pregnancies. I always love that you pop into class and especially during the pandemic, we got to see you online. So since I know a little bit about you, but maybe others don't talk a little bit about yourself and then also a little bit about how you got into birth work, because I think that's so interesting. Sure. So hi, I'm Lauren. I, like Deb said, I'm a mom of four. Um, I I gave birth to my first three kids in Manhattan and we lived on Upper West Side, which is how I got connected to prenatal yoga center originally. And we moved relatively recently, like a little over two years ago. Now we live in Long Island. So I live here with my kids, my husband. Um, I am a birth enthusiast, (laughs) birth nerd, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm a Lamage childbirth educator. I'm working on getting my doula certification. And all of that is very different than what I anticipated doing when I was a kid. What <laughs> I was like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, I, well, when I was a kid, a kid, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. Like, I'm going to go to law school. Um, and straight out of college, I, I decided not to go to law school, but I was working in a typical corporate job. I was working for a consulting firm. And then when my daughter, when my older daughter was one, I stopped working really to just take a step back and be home with my kids. It's two under two. Um, and it was really through 
those pregnancies and the, having like the time and space to be home and not working at like such a demanding full-time job that I mm-hmm. sort of started to think about getting into birth work. And here I am. She's five now. So four years later. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that whole trajectory. All right. So we're yeah. going to talk about birth number four, but will you give a brief description of your first three births? And then we can talk about what led to yeah. your decision to go in a very different direction for baby four. Sure. So with my first, um, first three, like I said, I gave birth in Manhattan in the, you know, we had, I had three hospital births. Um, I chose to have an unmedicated birth. I didn't have an epidural with my kids. I had a doula, the same doula actually by all three of them. Um, my first birth, I was working with one OB who actually had been my gynecologist my whole life. So I sort of took that track of like, Oh, I'm just going to stay with my gynecologist when I have a baby. And all I really, all I really cared about was not getting an epidural, which I, which I accomplished, but I learned from that experience that there's a lot more to the birth experience than just that, particularly as it relates to who your doctor is or your Mm -hmm. midwife. Mm -hmm. So for my second, I decided to switch to a different OB who was located on the Upper West Side. And I had done some more research and found out that this practice was just more aligned with my philosophy around birth. So that was great. So she was my OB for my second and my third. Um, my second birth was, I talked about it on the other podcast, but in a 30 second, 30 <laughs> seconds, it was basically like my ideal birth experience. You know, I went into labor on my due date. I basically had no interventions, no epidural, like the room was dark. It was so calm and it was really like a great birth. Um, and then my third was also a really good experience. And I sort of was like hoping for the exact same thing to happen with my second. But then I was 41 weeks pregnant with a baby that was measuring over 10 pounds um, on the ultrasound. So my OB and I decided together that an induction made the most sense. So I ended up getting induced with her and all the interventions that I you know, didn't want, I ended up having. But honestly, like overall, it was like still a really good experience. There were definitely some like annoying things that happened during the birth, but like really overall, it was, it was good. Um, yeah. So that's basically the short version of my three births. Oh, and just a fun fact, she was born March 12th, 2020. So it was like a very crazy oh, wow. time to have a baby. Oh like gosh, I, I, do I went into the hospital. Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> I went into the hospital when New York city was like, re- like on high <laughs> alert, but like relatively normal. My husband yeah. was like, use Perel, use Perel, wash your hands. Like no one's wearing masks. <laughs> and then like literally the next day it was like flipped upside down. It was really intense. Yeah, and um, people were birthing by themselves. And- by oh, themselves yes. the week. Yeah. I like got, I really like gave birth right like in the nick of time, I guess, to, to avoid those things. But I really like, yeah, all of those things happening were really intense and I really felt and still feel for all the people that were giving birth, like literally right after me, because yeah. it's just, I can't imagine was, that. So. Yeah. It was bonkers. Yeah. Wow. So that is a little bit of an overview of your first three births. Now, before we get yeah. into the birth story of your fourth birth, kind of letting the, the cat out of the bag, your fourth was yeah. a home birth. So how right. did your birth work influence your decision for a home birth this time around? Right. So you know, I, it, this, this is a really great question and I've thought a lot about how to answer it. And I still 
don't I don't have <laughs> the clearest answers because I just feel like there's so ma- there are so many different factors that went into this decision. Yeah, let's it's talk really about hard it. to pin it down. So I'm just gonna talk and hopefully, you know, be say it in a way that makes sense. I, I think it will. So basically, you know, you asked how my birth work influenced my decision. And I want to get to that, but also just to backtrack during my third pregnancy, I did not so seriously, but I did think about home birth, like halfway through my pregnancy. I was like, "Hmm, maybe I should have a home birth. Like, I think I actually was listening to one of your podcasts with Tanya Wills and was like, wow, this sounds really amazing. Um, And I started like thinking about it and I was like frustrated that the doctor's appointments were so short. And I was like, this is a huge thing that's happening to me. And like, I feel like it's not getting any love, you know, it's just like, go to the doctor, check baby's heart rate. We're going to get your urine and like, bye, you know, and that's nothing against my OB. Like I really loved her. It's just, I don't know. It just wasn't sitting right with me. But anyway, so I started thinking about it during my third birth, third, third pregnancy rather didn't do anything about it. Stay with my OB. Fast forward. I had my baby postpartum experience you know, they, they took the baby away from me to go to the nursery, um, for no reason other than she needed like the routine newborn exam and they wouldn't let me go with her. Mm. And I freaked out. I like absolutely freaked out. I was like, that's my husband. I'm like, you need to go with her to the nursery. And the second they're done, you need to bring her back. And like, I could still feel that like visceral reaction in my body of like, I want my baby near me. Mm -hmm. So like that experience really stood out to me of something that, I felt really disempowered. Like I had didn't, I wasn't even given the choice with my older daughter who had been born in the same hospital two and a half years prior. They took her to the nursery, but they let me go with her. Mm-hmm. So like, I was like, okay, it's fine. But this time around, they wouldn't, they were, it, that really just, it just didn't sit, sit right with me. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, we move, you know, COVID <laughs> fast forward over that <laughs> fast forward COVID. We moved to Long Island where we live now. And I, teaching childbirth education classes. I started teaching a lot more actually like during COVID on Zoom and started teaching a lot more students and interacting with a lot more people. And I just felt over and over as I'm teaching the classes, you know, I, I love teaching about the birth process and how it works and how, you know, such basic things like freedom of movement and eating and drinking during labor and all of those things can help labor progress. But then I would feel like I always need to put in the caveat of, but in the hospital, you might have to stay in the bed, but in the hospital, Typically, you'll have continuous monitoring and your mobility will be limited, but you're probably not going to be allowed to even drink when you're in labor. Right. And I just was like, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to fight for my own birth mm-hmm. to have the things that I really know make birth safer. So that was like a huge part of it, you know, just talking about it over and over and over and having this realization of, well, if I want to get, if to get the things that I think are really important. I'm going to have to fight. I don't want to fight. So like I said, we moved to Long Island and I was sort of forced to find a new provider anyway. I did toy with the idea of going back to the city, um, to my old OB, but it just wasn't, it wasn't really practical. And I also had this piece around, like, I don't want to fight in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, and so finding a new provider here was really interesting because since we had moved here, because I'm a childbirth educator, I was trying to get like the inside scoop on like all the doctors and everyone. And by the time I got pregnant, I was like, I have no idea who I would want to work with, you know? And it happens to be that a friend of mine who, a friend of mine from the city who used to be an L&D nurse 
at NYU, actually, moved out here and became a midwife. And she was actually splitting her time between hospital-based midwifery and home birth midwife. Mm. So I started talking to her about home birth. And then I met the other midwives that she was working with. And it was just like a perfect match. I was like, everything I think about birth, like you also think, you know, like all the things that I feel are really important. That's the default way that they practice. They and so, so your philosophy yeah. is really aligned aligned and you know over you know throughout my classes working with students on Instagram whatever it is I'm always saying like the number one decision you make is your provider and the place of birth like that really influences how the birth unfolds and I'm like okay well I guess I need to take my own advice and like go with the provider that I think is the best fit for me Oh, I really enjoyed that story. I didn't, I did not know the story. So before we get into your birth story, which I'm very excited to hear, I'm just curious, since you did have three hospital births, did you feel any pushback or surprise from your family or friends by this choice or they're like, Oh, she's a childbirth educator. Like when I, you know, kind of disclosing, I had, I had some, I had two home births. And when I told my own OB Joanne, who I was with for like maybe 18 years at that point, 15 years at that point, he right. was like, of course you're going to do this. It's like, he knew I was a doula. He knew, he knows what I do. Right. So right. he's like, of right. course you're going right. to do this. I'll be your backup. Right. So like, were they right. on board awesome. that way or is there any pushback or did you feel like you had to correct some misconceptions about home birth? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I had a, I guess I had a mix of both reactions that you described. So first of all, my husband and I didn't really tell that many people. We told our parents and we told some friends and that was basically the extent of it because there's a lot of stigma around home birth and we just wanted to keep it private so that we didn't have to have that, have that conversation mm-hmm. millions of times. <laughs> so when so I'll start with my friends. So in terms of friends, most of my friends pretty much were like, yeah, obviously you're doing that, Lauren. Like this is your, <laughs> like kind of like what your OB said. Like, obviously you would do that. So that was that. And then with our family, um, I think, you know, across the board, there was definitely concern about the safety of home birth. And so we slash mostly me, because I was the <laughs> one driving this decision. Um, my husband wasn't comfortable enough with it to like move forward and be like, okay, this is how you're going to give birth to our baby. It's I'm okay with it. But he said, if it was his choice, he'd be in a hospital getting an epidural. I'm like, okay, well, when you give birth, that's an amazing birth, birth <laughs> choice. And I will support you in your choice, but I'm on giving birth now. So, um, so basically in terms of the safety of it, there was a lot of concern, you know, around is home birth safe, you know, and I had to, you know, dispel those, misconceptions. There was a lot of questioning around, well, what about, you know, what, what, it, what about an emergency, which is sort of the same thing as safety, but like, what does a midwife even come with? You know, I think a lot of people, my family included, um, but I think this is true. Like at large, a lot of people think, oh, a home birth midwife is just like a person showing up at your house with their purse and their cell phone. Like it's not, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I had to describe how a home birth midwife is, 100 percent medically a medically trained professional you know they're the same scope of practice as an ob 
with the exception of surgery, right? So they cut and they come to the home birth with emergency equipment should there be an emergency. We live close enough to a hospital, which there definitely are guidelines out there. What, how far from a hospital is too far, right? Or what's recommended, I guess, in terms of the distance to live from a hospital. So like we met all the criteria around what makes a home birth safe. Um, you know, I had to tell them like a, my midwives are so clinically competent. Like it was so impressive and like what they're going to come to the home birth with. They come with medication should they be needed. They carry Pitocin, they carry oxygen. You know, they're trained to handle emergencies like a shoulder dystocia or if a baby needs help breathing after the birth, like they know how to do all that stuff. So I feel comfortable. And you know? can I throw in there's guidelines as to when to transfer? Of course. Right. Yeah. And I, uh, that's right. That's also another good point that I felt like they, the practice I chose was very, like I said, their clinical judgment. Like I felt like if something was coming up, that was like, Hmm, maybe this is no longer safe to be at home that they, they would have the clinical judgment to say like, this is no longer safe more. And we think you should, we really are recommending a transfer versus like home birth for home birth sake. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so that was also really important to me. Like, I felt like I, I came to this decision from a place of logic and looking at the data and really thinking it through, not just, oh, I saw on Instagram, a beautiful picture of someone giving birth at home with lights in their birth pool, which like those pictures are beautiful, but like, that's not what necessarily inspired me to choose a home birth. Like I really looked into it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. No, that's, that's fantastic. And I'm hoping that on the other side, everyone's like, yay, you did it. You did what you wanted. Yeah. So going into it, so with our families, sorry, with our families, um, everyone, there was a lot of good conversations that happened. There really were. I can't say that every, like our parents were a hundred percent on board going in, but for the most part, we were able to have like good conversations about it. And then after the fact, they were all, you know, they were all super excited and thrilled. And I told, actually, I told my mother-in-law my whole birth story, like a few days after I gave birth and she was, she loved it. <laughs> she was amazed. That's amazing. She's like, Thank you so much for sharing that with me. It was so beautiful. I'm like, I'm like, I'm glad you feel that way, you know? So it. Yeah, I guess through this process, I felt like a lot of the misconceptions about home birth are really just that. Like, they're just misconceptions. They're really not true. Yeah. So, you know, one of the reasons why I reached out to you about sharing this story is like, you know, if someone is listening and thinking that they want, that they are, they're thinking they want a more low intervention experience, they want more midwifery type of care that is going to address the emotional aspects of pregnancy and birth. But they're like, oh, home birth, that's not safe. Like, I'm here to talk about like why it's important to like really do the research and make an informed decision either way, you right. know, you might decide it's not for you still, but, but there's definitely like really strong data to back it up. And I think all the miscon like many of the misconceptions out there are really just, they're just myths. Like they're not true. And one thing I think is really important when people talk about where should they give birth, I think if possible, give birth where you feel the safest. One of the reasons 100%. that I chose home births. Well, a couple reasons, and maybe you can relate to this as well. At the time in New York City, it was really hard. We had where my OB was, it was the birth center at what used to be called St. Luke's Roosevelt. It had three rooms right. that yeah. they rarely yeah. were able to staff. Yeah. And yeah. it felt like a birth center, which I think is a 
great idea was just not yeah. really available. And having right. been a doula and, you know, you're a childbirth educator, yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel the safest in a hospital. And that's just me. That is not a reflection of my belief of what anyone else should do. But that right. is what I felt. And I also trusted, should I need that extra medical care? That is where I needed to be. So I totally. think it's a matter of where someone feels the safest. I think I would have been very much kind of like you said on that feeling it's a fight or that high alert. And that's not going to help one's body open right. into the hormonal blueprint needed for birth. So just kind of putting Definitely. that point to it. It's like when making these decisions and you kept going back to the data, which I love data, not drama. What is the data? Where do you feel safest? And then build your team. All right. So let's, let's take a break. Exactly. When we come back, I want to hear your birth story. Your mother-in-law heard it. I need to hear it now. (laughs) We'll take a super quick break. We'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, my dear, the floor is yours. I want to hear the story. Okay. Um, great. The birth story. So, well, I don't even know where to start. I guess I want to tell, I want to talk a little bit about the, a little bit about the like prenatal aspect, if that's okay. Sure. Okay. So another thing that I think is amazing about working with home birth midwives, or at least, you know, this was my experience was like the prenatal care was amazing. Each of my appointments were anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour. And it was not just like, oh, let's hear the baby's heart rate, which they obviously did. But it was just talking and getting to know each other and me sharing what I was hoping for for the birth. And then, you know, I was talking about different things that might come up or just getting that like level of comfort. Like when it came time for the birth, I was like, we're going to have a party. Like, you know, I'm not like showing up to the hospital, like praying that my doctor, who's my favorite one in the practice is going to be on call, which I had with my other births, you know, like praying that my doctor would actually be there. This was like, I, I was working with a group of three midwives and they were all amazing. And I was like, can you all just like, can you all come please? Like, we're just going to have a party. (laughs) So that was like a really great feeling, like going into the birth. Um, my kids like to stay in. I like to say my second child was born on my due date, but other than that, my first and third were both 41 week inductions. And so I was not expecting to, I wasn't expecting to go early. I guess a little bit of me was like, Oh, it's my fourth. Maybe it'll go fast and maybe it'll be early, but spoiler alert, neither of those happened. (laughs) Um, so, and this is my first summer baby also. So I was due like the end of June. 
And for the couple weeks leading up to the labor, I thought, kept thinking I was going into labor and I'm like, what's wrong with me? It's my fourth baby. I'm a childbirth educator. I'm getting certified to be a doula and I don't know when I'm in labor, but okay, it's fine. I had a few false alarms. Um, the week before, but I never called the midwives. That was my goal. I'm like, I don't want to call the midwives unless I'm really in labor. So like, I, I didn't, I didn't, I held out long enough to be like, okay, this is not real labor. Anyway, the week leading up to the birth, he was born on a Thursday. So this, that Sunday I woke up with like painful contractions and I woke up my husband. I also was trying not to wake up my husband unless it was a hundred percent necessary. So I woke up Michael and I was like, I think we're going to have a baby today. And then my three other kids ran into our room and the contraction stopped. And I was like, yep, no more oxytocin there. Let's <laughs> not have a baby today. <laughs> the oxytocin has been shut down. So that basically happened every day leading up to the Thursday that I actually had him. I would have the contractions in the morning and then they would just peter out. So what ended up happening was that Thursday, so I was 41, one, so I was eight days, you know, quote unquote, past my due date. Um, and this time around, I was also like very unattached to my due date, just like based on my prior experiences. Um, so that was actually really helpful to like not be so married to my due date. And also the other thing is that I want to share is that I felt like absolutely zero pressure. Like, whereas with my other births, with my other pregnancies, when they went long, I knew like looming in the not far distance was an induction. But like mm-hmm. this time it was like, I didn't have that pressure. Like I personally didn't really want to go so far past a certain amount of time past my due date, but like it, that was coming from me not from my care providers. Mm-hmm. So that was also really nice, like to just take that pressure off. So the Thursday that I, um, the morning that I had him, I actually had an appointment with one of the midwives and she said, you know, at, at 41 weeks, like we can offer a membrane sweep if you want. And I was like, and she called me before the appointment. She's like, what are you thinking? Like, do you think you want to do a membrane sweep or whatever? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. I'm really undecided. Can we talk about it in person? And like, part of that I think was coming from like, okay, I chose a home birth. I don't want any intervention, you know, like, let's do this a hundred percent. Don't intervene at all. Like that whole like idealistic mindset. Mm-hmm. And then when she got to my house, so she came to my house for the appointment. We spoke about it and I was like, you know what? I, I know that a membrane sweep, like unless my body's ready to go in labor, it's not going to work. And this is not, this is not an, an induction per se, right? It's not like a medical induction. I said, and I also, it was going into July 4th weekend. And I was like, honestly, I don't really want to be in the same spot in three days from now, like still pregnant. Like I just, that didn't like feel comfortable to me, not even physically, just like, I, I don't know. I felt like I was ready for this baby to be born. So she's like, okay, let's, you know, if you want to do the memory sweep, that's fine. That's another thing that I loved about having midwives is like the conversation and shared decision-making and like informed consent, like all that good stuff that I teach about. Like I actually got to experience that, mm-hmm. which was game changer. She did not pressure me at all. Um, she just gave me information and like, let me, like gave me the time to decide. So I was like, okay, let's do memory sweep. Fine. So we did that. And she left. And then I started, I was just felt like very, very, like a lot of like pressure, like in my pelvic region. And then, so that was like 10 30 in the morning by like one 30, 
I said to my husband, I'm like, I think I'm in labor. Like I started having contractions every whatever, 15 minutes or so. They were starting to get more noticeable. Just a fun fact, by the way, we just bought a house and we closed on our house like at noon that day. (laughs) (laughs) So you were there at the signing having like some cramping. So we actually did the, the closing virtually, like they do it you know, like over the phone. Okay. And Michael was dealing with that. Cause I'm like super pregnant trying to, you know, go into labor. And he's like, Lauren, we closed in our house. I'm like, yay. By the way, I think I'm in labor. <laughs> like, so over the afternoon, things started to like pick up and I just retreated. We have, we had a finished, um, finished attic in the house that we were renting. So I went up to the attic and which was like my office. And I just went up there and basically stayed up there in labor for away from your other kids until I away from my other kids. I like heard my girls coming home from camp and Michael was dealing with them and giving them snacks and dinner. And I was upstairs and I was on the phone with my doula and my, I said to my doula, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm in labor. And she was like, why don't you try going in the shower? to like, make sure it's the real thing. Cause I had had so many false alarms. Like I got in the shower, I had a bunch of contractions in the shower, went to go step out of the shower and like immediately got got hit by another contraction, went back in the shower. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not leaving this (laughs) this place. Like I'm staying here. And then next thing I know, Michael comes up and he's like, Meryl, like my doula is on the phone and she wants to know how you are. I'm like, tell her to come. (laughs) So, because I didn't call her back. I just like got stuck in the shower. So anyway, so she ended up, so we told her to come. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, what's like your birth, like everything gets sort of like mixed up, like the order of events. So we told her to come. I did end up getting out of the shower at that point. And I started vocalizing more during the contractions and they were, I wasn't timing them, but they were like maybe every five minutes. So Michael hears me during a contraction and he picks up, he's like, when are you going to call the midwives? I'm like, I'll call them. I'll call them. And then I had another contraction. He's like, when are you calling them? I'm like, I'll call them and I'll call them in a little bit. And then I had another one. And he's like, give me your phone. I'm calling them. So he calls them and he picks up the phone and he's like, we need assistance. And then like hangs up the phone. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head, they are going to think that the baby is coming out and you are catching it. 10 minutes. So like, however long after 10 minutes later, my one midwife Judy comes and I was really working through the contractions themselves, but in between I was fine. Like I was, ha- could have a conversation like that. So it was definitely still like relatively early. Um, and Judy got there and I was like, I know you're going to say I'm way too early. Like, <laughs> and you definitely thought Michael was catching the baby. And she's like, yeah, you think like a midwife. That's definitely what I was thinking when he <laughs> made that phone call. We need assistance. <laughs> we need assistance. <laughs> so I'm like, Mike. But I wasn't, I didn't want to call them back and be like, no, it's fine. Because I, if he felt like that, like he started to feel nervous. I felt like I didn't want to under, like, I didn't want to undermine him. And it, I felt like it was, it was okay. Like they told me to call them around the same time that it would have had headed to the hospital if I was having a hospital birth. And that's what this was basically. So she came, she, you know, monitored the baby's heart rate. I was just laboring. Um, I needed a lot of counter pressure. I had a ton of back pain, like a ton. Um, finally my doula got there and she had this hot water bottle that she put on my back, which was the best thing ever. Um, 
my midwives came with a midwife assistant who's trained in reflexology. So she was also like massaging my feet and like mm. acupressure points. So that was amazing. And it was just so comfortable. Like I was in my own clothes and, you know, in, the, in our guest bedroom and with people that I really felt so comfortable with or just, just going on, like just laboring. Um, so Judy got there and then another midwife got there and we were just going. And then I ended up getting back in the shower because I really wanted to like be over a yoga ball with like the shower head pointing on my back because I had so much back pain. So I did that for a very, 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 very long time. Um, obviously I don't know how long exactly because there was no clocks and I wasn't keeping time. That was also like another big difference for me. Like I had no concept of time. Like even with my hospital birth, I knew exactly what time like things happened. Cause I was still like aware in that way. But like during this birth, I was like, so not aware of what was going on on the outside. Um, so I was in the shower, like basically I got in the shower when it was still light outside. And then by the time I got out, it was dark outside. <laughs> so like it had been an hour or two in the shower. Um, eventually I used up all the hot water in my house. So, and I started like shivering and I was like, am I shivering from the hormones of labor or am I shivering because now the water is cold? I'm still not sure. But anyway, my, they were like, why don't you, you know, you've been in this position for a really long time. And like, while I was in the shower, I felt myself getting like much more internal and like vocalizing more. And the contractions were just so, 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 so intense. Um, and once the water ran out, they're like, why don't you get out? Cause also there's no hot water, but you've been in this position for a really long time. Let's try a different position. So once I got out of the shower, things got even more intense and I was like sitting backwards on the toilet for, for a number of contractions. And then I got up and we had this, like, this is one part of my birth that I like really remember very like viscerally was like, we had this, so there's a bathroom in the finished attic and it's an old bathroom. Like it hadn't been updated since like 1970. And it had these faucets that I like two there's like two faucets on the sink and I like held each one in my hand and just like leaned back, like gripping onto the faucet, like during the contraction. Um, so I did that for a few contractions and then they were like, do you want to do something like more passive to help the baby come down? I'm like, yeah. Um, they're like, why don't you sit, you know, sit on the toilet, which like if you're a doula, you know that that's like a number great one relaxation. Baby, yeah. Number one baby. Number one Your body's baby like, down. oh, I'm supposed to open up here. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um I did that. And then that was like one or two contractions. And they're like, okay, like I we think you should get off because I guess the baby was like coming down. Um I'm trying to like even remember the sequence of events. And then after that, I was on basically hands and knees, like on the floor in the bathroom. But at one point, and I don't remember if it was at this point or a little bit before, um, Judy, like the main midwife, she was like, I think you have a cervical lip, which for anyone listening, that's basically when there's like a little bit of cervix left, like you're almost, almost fully dilated in the face, but like a little bit of cervix. And if to get that out of the way, like she could push it out of the way. So my baby's head could come through. 
And she's like, I think you have a cervical lift. Do you want me to check? And like, this really goes back to what I was saying before about like the informed consent and asking permission. Like I had zero cervical exams during this whole birth. And I remember you actually saying that about your birth too. Like yeah, the second I one. remember you talking about that. Yeah. No one went like, up there. When I said I had a push, they <laughs> said, okay. So for the, for my birth, she said, I think you have a cervical lift. Do you want, if you want, I will check you. And if it's there, I'll push it out of the way. And I was like, yes, please. Like this doesn't need to go on any longer. So I was like, yes. So she checked me and she's like, yeah, you have a cervical lift. I'm going to push it out of the way. And then you could, you know, bear down if you feel the urge to push, whatever, you know, do what you, what you feel like your body needs to do. And in that moment in my head, I was like, wow, I am so impressed right now. <laughs> like that she, like, even though I was like deep in transition or whatever stage of labor, like I was deep in labor in my head. I was like, that is so impressive that you have that eye to see like, you think I have a cervical lip and then you check and you're right. Like, wow. Like I was very impressed. So that happened. Um, and then, so yeah, like I said, I was on the toilet, I got off and then they said, you know, do you have the urge to push? And I was like, no, I have no, like, I don't feel anything. And they're, and they're like, do you have the urge to push now? I'm like, no. They're like, okay, well, if you want to bear down, you could try bearing down. So I started like, intentionally bearing down. Like it wasn't like this instinctual, Oh, your body's just going to start pushing. Like I thought I was going to have with a home birth. It was like, I had to think about, think about it. Um, so I started pushing and he was coming, you know, he was coming. And then the last two contractions, I specifically remember like his head, like I, his head came out and I like was so aware of it, like being there, like, and then I knew in my head, like the next contraction is like shoulders and then he's going to get born. But like the time between my contractions felt like an eternity. Like even during the whole birth, the contractions were so intense, but they never felt like they were so close together. Like in my other births, I remember feeling like, okay, another one. Okay. Another one, another one, another one. And that was even like without Pitocin, like this birth, I don't know. The contractions were really, really strong, but they never got super close together. So even by the end, when I was actually, you know, about to give birth to him, I was so aware of like what was happening, like mm-hmm. the head's out. And I'm like in my head, childbirth educator in my head. I'm like, okay, next contraction is going to be the shoulders. Where is that contraction? They're like, are you having a contraction now? I'm like, no. Are you having a contraction now? Nope. No. And then finally, like I had one and I pushed him out and then he was out. Um, it was it was like, I don't know. It just felt so normal. Like I sat on my bathroom floor and so I was like on hands and knees basically. So like handed him to me under me. Oh, the funny thing is we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. So my bathroom was like completely dark because it was like 11 o'clock at night. The lights were out and Judy had like a headlamp on Mm -hmm. for lighting. (laughs) And so the headlamp was like a spotlight, like on him. And I saw his genitals. Like that was the first thing I saw. And I'm like, Oh, guess I had a boy. Like, here we go. So then they handed me to him, handed him me to him, handed him to me. And I just put him on my chest and just sat there. And I was like, I am so happy. Like I am so happy. Like it was the best. It was just the best feeling. Like, yeah. I'm so like smiling. I'm so happy to hear that. I, I love hearing all birth stories. I really, really, yeah. really do. But I can feel your deep satisfaction with the experience and maybe I'm, I'm reading into it, but with yourself too. You're like, I did it. I did what I wanted. I yeah. did it. I know. It was like such a good feeling of like, yeah, I did it. And there was a few other things like he, 
um, I don't know. It was just so calm. Like he was born and, you know, he took a little bit of time for him to cry. So at one point I was like, is he okay? And then like, he started crying. They told me after that, you know, he had the cord wrapped around him, wrapped around his neck three times, which I know in like other, when, when people talk about that, I guess outside the home birth world or depending on the situation, the setting it's like oh like a nuchal cord it's like so scary but like they wouldn't treat it as being scary it was just like okay this is a variation of normal and your baby's completely fine sage had you a nuchal cord only one wrap but she had a nuchal cord and something right. like gut knew it there was something i was just like I bet really? was, yeah i don't know and she was fine i don't know how exactly yeah. like, like i remember the midwife saying like she's kind of looped her finger and and got it out right and kind of somersaulted right. her out or something like right. that right somersault yeah i think that's what they did for gabriel my baby like she just said she sort of just like somersaulted him out um but yeah that like holding uh, so then i was like holding him and then i'm like i think my placenta is coming out and then like the placenta just like came out like i didn't have to do anything no one did anything um and the, all the midwives like left the room left the bathroom and because that's where i ended up giving birth to him in the bathroom everyone left the room and then it was just Michael and me in there. And I just like, now that I'm talking about it, it's like, I've never felt that like, just like, I'm so happy right now. Like I'm so, I was like, I'm so happy. He's out. <laughs> like I was first of all, on a physical level, I was so uncomfortable at the end of my pregnancy. Cause it was like summer and I was also running after a toddler, but like, not just that, just the, it was just like full oxytocin, like yeah. flood of hormones. And it was amazing. And then Michael goes to me, he's like, I think he's trying to latch. Like, I think he's trying to eat. And I look down, I see this like little newborn baby, like with his like little <laughs> fish mouth, like looking for a nipple. And he like latched right away on his own. Like, it was just so cool. I felt like all the things that I like learned about birth, ac- like academically, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Then I like actually got to experience it. Like, that, that was is really fun. beautiful. So after the whole experience, I know your husband is a little apprehensive in the beginning. Did you yeah. ever talk about his experience with him and how he perceived yeah. it and his satisfaction? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I think he, I think he's like 70, 30, like 70% like happy that we, did it. And then it went so well. And like, I think he also really appreciated the fact that I was just home and like not in the hospital, you know, separated from our family. Mm-hmm. Like it was just really nice not to have that happen. Like it was just nice to all be together. Yeah. Um, so I think he really liked that. He really liked our midwives. I think he was, ha- you know, happy with the birth. Um, but I think still like he's more of like an anxious type. So I think there's still just a part of him that no matter what, would again, if he was, he would himself giving birth may feel more comfortable in the hospital. Yeah. So where you feel the safest. 70, 30. Yeah, exactly. So what was your, so there, it's so different giving birth at home than at hospital for the immediate postpartum. What did that feel like compared to your others? Right. So the immediate postpartum was so, yeah, so different. I just, like, I was, you know, in the bathroom for however, you know, however long, I'm not even sure, half hour, maybe. And then by the time I felt like, okay, enough to like stand up, they like helped me get over and get into bed, cleaned me up. Um, and I was just holding him the whole time. And, um, 
like I said, with my third birth, this is, that was like one of the things that really got me started thinking more seriously about birthing outside of a hospital when they took, um, Sarah, my third away for like no good reason. Um, so this time it was just so nice to be in my own bed and basically what happens in a home birth after the baby is born is, you know, the midwives stay for a number of hours until everyone's like stable and make sure everyone's okay. Um, so they, you know, assess my bleeding and they, they weighed the baby and they measured him. Like they did all that stuff, took his heartbeat, like all the examinations that need to get done. Um, and then, oh, I want to just add one other thing. So in terms of the postpartum, in terms of my postpartum exam, everything, I had no tearing also. So that was great. This midwife, this practice that I used also, they're like, they pride themselves on having like a high intact perineum rate. So that mm-hmm. was also one of the reasons why I wanted to work with them. Cause I'm like, yes, I don't want to tear. <laughs> you don't want me to tear. We are a good match. <laughs> so that was really great. Um, but they, I actually did end up having Pitocin postpartum because my bleeding, they said was like borderline. Okay. Like, well, probably fine, but like maybe on the high end of normal set. Don't know. uh, Explain why, what Pitocin does and why they would do it postpartum. Sure. So Pitocin is a synthetic form of oxytocin and oxytocin is the hormone that helps your uterus contract. So during labor, oxytocin works to give you contractions. And after it helps the uterus, you know, to clamp down and slow the bleeding. But if yeah, someone has the too much bleeding, leaves this huge, yeah, right, right. The placenta like, leaves a huge like a wound, stab, like an open yeah, stab. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, right. So when the placenta comes out, you know, leaves that that big wound, so to speak. <laughs> so um, some people have too much bleeding, which is called postpartum hemorrhage. And in my case, so I actually had had postpartum hemorrhage before, like with my first. Oh. And so this time, they. They bring Pitocin just in case, you know, just in case someone's having a hemorrhage. They bring Pitocin. They bring other medications in case they need something more than Pitocin. Um, In my case, they said, listen, you know, your bleeding is normal, but it's borderline. We would probably recommend it. But it's again, it's your choice, you know. And I was like, yes, please. Like, I'll take I'll take the drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They they bring it in. So in the hospital, you would get it through an IV. An IV line. But um, they actually gave, you could also get through an intramuscular shot. So that's how I got it. They did like a shot in my leg. Um, so I had that and everything was fine. Like I had no issues. Thank God after. Um, and I don't know what, I forgot what we were talking about before. I started oh, just talking the, about <laughs> the postpartum uh, immediate time right after your baby was born. Yeah. So it was just so chill and calm and they left. And then it was just like, my baby's in the bassinet next to me and I'm going to go to sleep. And I like, couldn't really sleep because I had so much adrenaline going yeah. through my system. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what just happened? But then, um, Gabriel was just, he slept like so long. Like I had to wake him up to feed him. He slept like five hours. And they told me, they're like, you know, sometimes babies get like really conked out after the birth, you know, like they're really alert and then they take a nice long sleep, which I think is really nature's way of giving the, you know, the birthing parents time <laughs> a to <little> rest. Break. <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't sleep. He did. Um, and then my kids came up. So basically I had him at like 11 o'clock at night and 
and then we went to sleep and then in the morning so I slept upstairs because like in our attic there's like a guest bedroom so I ended up just sleeping in the guest bedroom with the baby and my husband went downstairs to our room so that he could be there when our kids woke up in the morning and our kids wake up and I hear I hear them being like like baby where's the baby and like they all came upstairs and like one by one like saw the baby and um that was amazing it was so so sweet it was like my what a nice introduction to the addition to your family I love hearing that it was so nice like the look on my especially my older daughter's face she's like very she loves babies like she thinks Gabrielle's her baby (laughs) so the look on her face I'll just like Honestly, it sounds really cheesy, but like I will never forget how she looks when she saw him. It was no, it's not cheesy. It's beautiful. It's impactful. It's your family. Yeah, she was like, like her mouth is like wide open. She like couldn't believe it. It So we're going to take one more break now. When we come back, you've got a lot of experience. You have you have four kids and you're a childbirth educator studying to be a doula. So you have a lot of knowledge. So we're going to take one more break. When we come back, please share. One final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new and expectant parents. Okay. <laughs> Think about that. We'll be right back. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we're back. So I'm so curious to hear because you've been through this multiple times. Your kids are, you know, various ages and you teach this. So yeah. what is the one golden piece you want to leave us with? No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) Right. So I think the one thing that I really think is applicable for anyone, you know, no matter what, no matter where you're choosing to give birth, who you're choosing to give birth with, whether it's your first, second, third, fourth child, the number one thing is that you and your spouse, your partner, you are the only people that are going to be the ones who are living with this birth experience for the rest of your life. And so I think sometimes we get like intimidated by like, you know, cultural norms or what other people are going to think, or maybe what our provider is saying or recommending, and it doesn't sit right with us. Or we just have to remember that like, this is, that, that this is our experience and like, this is our story. And, and to feel like really strong about that. Um, I think that would be like the one piece of advice, you know, no one else is living with their birth experience except for you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's very true and very powerful. I was actually just writing something about that for a, a upcoming blog. Yes. All right. So where can people find your work? Sure. So my Instagram handle for my um, childbirth education and um, doula practice is at birth underscore positive. That's on Instagram. And my website is bebirthpositive.com. So that, there you can find out a little bit about me in the birth birth world context. 
And we'll, of course, put that in our show notes. And we'll also, in the show notes, link to your other birth story. I actually want to go back and listen to that because you've had quite... You know, quite a journey since that point and quite an education in yourself. Definitely. With yourself. Oh, Lauren, yeah. you know how much I love chatting with you. I always had a big smile on my face when you showed up for class. And I just, Aww, as someone on the outside watching this growth you've been through from baby one to baby four and study, like jumping into the world of childbirth education. And it's just been, it's been an honor to see your path and see how much you've grown. And, and thank you for allowing me to, to be part of that. Thanks, Deb. You're definitely a great influence and role model. So you should also know that. <laughs> My thanks. <laughs> All right. I'll see you in class. Thank you for taking the time to have me on. Yes. I'll see you soon. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.